Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning, and we post it on our website, churchofchrist.com, and in our podcasting at 9.30 every Sunday morning. Now, that's the time that we meet together as the Sunny Slope Church of Christ for Sunday morning Bible classes, just before our worship at 10.30. If you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person. Sunday mornings, 9.30 for Bible class. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Check us out. Um, Study God's Word with us. Grow spiritually as we do so. Grow in our faith. We encourage you to to do that. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. Now, we also encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, or other technological means. But you know people in your life who need to get into God's Word because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. You know people who need to grow in their faith. They need to grow closer to God. Help them to do that by sharing these studies with them, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. Now think what a blessing it would be for them, but also for you, If by sharing these studies, getting people you know into God's word, it could strengthen their faith to the point that they would be obedient to God, that they would be baptized into Christ, and that they could look forward to a home in heaven with him for all of eternity. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing. Also, tell everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. There is no charge. It is free. It always will be free. We simply want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when they sign up for a podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or whatever whatever other smart device they choose, they will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and they will receive a daily Monday through Friday, five-day-a-week radio program called Search the Scriptures, and they will receive a seven-day-a-week, short, only about a 13-minute or so Bible study each day called Today's Bible Class. And in these ways, they can stay in God's Word every single day, and they can really study God's Word through these studies, through these podcasts, and grow in their knowledge of God's Word, and thereby grow in their faith. Again, you may help somebody get to heaven by encouraging them to do this. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, come and be with us in person. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. And let's grow together spiritually. Our our Bible classes begin, as we said, on Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together for a period of worship and Bible Bible study at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And on Wednesday evenings at 6.30, we come back together in the middle of the week, good time to stop and get our spiritual batteries recharged every Wednesday evening at 6.30. You're welcome to any and all of these services. We hope to see you and meet you soon. Now, we're going to go back to our study from Deuteronomy. And as I have said over the last 
oh, the last few sessions together in this particular study, we're getting into a lot of laws that God, through Moses, was giving to the people of Israel before they entered the promised land. And, and again, some of these already had been given to them, and perhaps all of them, but Moses is kind of repeating them. He is reminding them. He is kind of giving them a summary of their history and letting them know <clears throat> what God has led them out of and through, and now he is leading them into that land that he promised to them through their forefathers going all the way back to Abraham. So hundreds and hundreds of years before, God is fulfilling that prophecy and that promise. Now, you know, a lot of people, when it comes to their spiritual lives, and Peter wrote about this in, in 2 Peter chapter 3, a lot of people become skeptical and even disbelievers because they want things right now, but God knows the right time. Peter even said, with God, you know, a thousand days is as a year, and a year is a thousand days. You know, and he's not saying that every day equals literally a thousand years in God's eyes. He's simply saying time, as we understand it and experience, has no bearing on God. God is eternal. So literal, physical time, God is not captive to that. He knows the right time. We tend to want things right now. God knows the right time. And so because years passed, maybe decades, and in the case of, of God's promise to Abraham that he would give the land of Canaan to his descendants, hundreds and hundreds of years passed before God fulfilled that promise. But he fulfilled that promise at the right time. And God knows the right time a whole lot better than we do. And so Moses is, 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 is reminding these Israelites where they have come from what God has led them through, and he's reminding them of the laws, the spiritual laws that God has given them. Now, I'm picking out some excerpts among those laws that we can relate to today, and I'm leaving for you to kind of fill in the, the gaps there uh, because I don't want it to get too tedious, some of the things that, that uh, we would look at and maybe we'd say, ah, I'm not sure that applies to me. You know, that's, you know, back there in that day, and uh, we are living in the Christian age today. Well, you know, again, some of them become technical as well, and, and, and I'm going to leave you to, you know, read in the, the you know, the, the gaps there. But I want us to pick out, continue to pick out some excerpts that we can relate to. In chapter 24, Deuteronomy chapter 24, and this is interesting, verse 14, you shall not oppress a hired servant who is poor and needy, whether one of your brethren or one of the aliens who is in your land within your gates. Each day you shall give him his wages and not let the sun go down on it, for he is poor and has set his heart on it, lest he cry out against you to the Lord and it be, a, and it be sin for you. Now, that's interesting. Now, so there would be poor people who would work for some of the farmers or some of the business people. And he says, you don't withhold his wages. In fact, he says, you give him his wages every day. Now, that probably was more common to that culture of that day in that particular part of the world than it is today for us to expect to be paid daily for our, for our wages, you know, for the work that we have done. We're more used to getting paid by the week or maybe every other week or maybe once a month. You know, that, that's our culture in our country today. But the, the basic premise here is, the principle is, 
don't withhold the wages from your workers, from especially he's emphasizing the poor who are working from you, because they need those wages to take care not only of themselves, but also of their family. And so you give them his wages and don't let the sun go down on it. Don't put it off and put it off and put it off. He has set his heart on that. He's poor. He needs that money to take care of himself and his family, those he is caring for. And then if he cries out, he says, so, so Moses says, and of course, this is God's word, don't put off paying the wages, don't withhold those wages, lest he cry out against, against you to the Lord and it be sin to you. You see, we need to understand the broader concept of sin. It's unrighteousness, if we want to just put it that way. It's ungodliness. It's not being obedient to God's teachings. That's sin. And sin separates us from God if we're living in that sin on an ongoing basis. Isaiah 50, uh, 59 in verse 2. So we don't want to be sinful. And in some of these, maybe we might think some of these least necessary ways, if we're the business person, if we're the farmer, we have people working for us, we don't want to be counted sinful by God by withholding their wages from them. Because again, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. So verse 15 again, each day you shall give him his wages, not let the sun go down on it, for he is poor and has set his heart on it, lest he cry out against you to the Lord and it be, and it be sin to you. Fathers shall not put to death, shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. This is an important point that a whole lot of people who claim to be Christians today need to grasp, need to understand, and need to come out of a false doctrine that they have been taught, and that's the baptism of babies. Now, have you ever thought, maybe, maybe you come from a religious background wherein babies were baptized, infants. Have you ever wondered why? Have you ever had anybody, any of the leaders in that religious group tell you why they taught that it's necessary to baptize babies? Now stop and think. How responsible is a baby for his actions? How much does a baby actually perceive while he's going through that first year of life? Or even, you might say, even the first few years first three or four years, but certainly as an infant. Do you think he understands the very concept of sin? Of course not. Do you think he can reason out righteousness from unrighteousness? Of course not. Do you think he can even understand the existence of God? Now, only through the examples and the love and perhaps the continued gentle statements from mommy and daddy about how much they love 
that child and maybe sing songs that talk about God. But now, intellectually, can that baby reason all of that out? It takes time for that mental process to develop. And he certainly doesn't understand the concept of sin. Now, why do we bapt- or why do some churches baptize babies? And let me tell you, some big churches baptize babies. Why? It goes back to a false doctrine. Now, let me reemphasize a false doctrine or teaching of total hereditary depravity. It goes back to the point where that church, whichever one it is, and there's a number of them, they believe that a baby is born in sin. And so they believe that baby has to be baptized for forgiveness of their sin. Now, that's absolutely absurd. And this is just one place where it's brought out in Scripture. Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. What is the wages of sin again? Death, Romans 6 and verse 23. Now here, Moses is talking about some particular sinful, evil acts that might, under the Old Testament law of Moses, bring the death sentence, physical death sentence. And Moses says, fathers are not responsible for those kinds of acts of their children, and the children are not responsible for those, un, for those evil acts of their parents. Each one bears his own guilt responsibility because of his own sins, not for the sins of somebody else, including family members. But you see, those who practice infant baptism believe that that child is born in sin, guilty of the sins of his forefathers going all the way back to Adam in the beginning. But here again, clearly, that is taught against. And even the the act of baptism that is supposedly practiced for those infants is not baptism as taught in the New Testament scriptures, New Testament Christianity. The word baptize means immerse. But you see, how do you immerse an infant who's maybe eight or ten days old? You plunge that infant beneath the water? No, they don't do that. They sprinkle a little water on his head or maybe pour a little water over his head or maybe rub some water on his forehead, and they call that baptism. That's not baptism. That's not the baptism taught in the scriptures. But the purpose that that child is being baptized, that little baby is being baptized, is false teaching. It is absolutely contradictory to what the scriptures teach on that matter. Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor children shall be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. We need to understand that. And we need to quit practicing. And I say we, I'm talking about all those religious groups who practice infant baptism 
they need to come out of that false teaching, out of that anti-scripture practice of supposedly baptizing little babies because they think those little babies are guilty of the sins of their forefathers, again, going all the way back to Adam. False teaching, absolutely false teaching. And it's not okay to practice it just because it's been practiced for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years by those religious groups. It's false teaching. When we look at Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 18, it's brought out again and gone into much greater detail. Beginning with verse 20, the soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. Now, did you get that? The soul that sins shall die. The son shall bear the guilt of shall not bear the guilt of the father, the father shall not bear the guilt of the son. Could it be any more clear and straightforward? And that's simply a repetition of what we read here in Deuteronomy chapter 24 and verse 16. In verse 17, you shall not pervert justice, do the stranger or the fatherless, nor take a widow's garment as a pledge, but you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this thing. When you reap your harvest in the field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to, the, to get it. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. And here's another example of how God has decreed that going all the way back here to the Israelites as they were about to take possession of the promised land, as the farmers would, would, would reap the harvest from their field and God tells the people through Moses, you drop a sheaf in the field, you don't go back and pick it up. You leave it there. That's for the poor people. That's for the stranger. That's for the fatherless, the, the orphans, in other words, and for the widows. So you don't go back and get it. You leave that there for the needy. God's, God's love cares about the needy. When you beat your olive trees, you shall not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. See, again, Okay, you beat your olive trees, the olives that are ripe fall off. You don't go back and start beating them again and try to get all those olives. The few that's left, you leave those for the needy people, for the stranger and for the fatherless and for the widow. And you should remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do this thing. Remember what you came out of. You know, we need to stop and think. God blesses each one of us to come out of in some cases, even what we would consider dire circumstances. But we need to remember that, not just in being thankful to God, but demonstrating our thankfulness and glorifying God for how we treat others who might be in those dire circumstances. We need to stop and think. And 
stop and think about, you know, our responsibilities toward others, remembering what God has brought us out of. In verse 16 of chapter 26, this day the Lord your God commands you to observe these statutes and judgments. Therefore, you shall be careful to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. In other words, not just going through motions, not piecemeal, not haphazard, but sincerely and consistently. Today you have proclaimed the Lord to be your God and that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes, his commandments and his judgments, and that you will obey his voice. How many people have said, oh, I love God. Oh, yes, I, I, I've got faith in God. Yeah, I, I'm giving my life to God. I'm giving my life to Jesus. But they don't live by his teachings. They don't, show demonst- they don't show in a demonstrated way, on a consistent way, on a daily basis, their dedication to God. Well, here Moses is telling the people, today you have proclaimed the Lord to be your God. You have openly confessed him to be your God. So keep his commandments. Keep his statutes. Show it. Not just lip service, but a lifestyle. Also today, the Lord has proclaimed you to be his special people, just as he promised you that you should keep all his commandments and that he will set you high above all nations, which he has made in praise, in name, and in honor, and that you may be a holy people to the Lord your God, just as he has spoken. A holy people. Are you living a holy life before God? You see, God's not looking for lip service. He's looking for life service. And again, not just a piecemeal commitment, haphazard, here and there, now and then. But he's looking for a lifestyle. Glorifying him through the way you live before him, according to his teachings on a daily basis. He wants you to be not just a follower, a believer in word, but he wants you to bring him glory through the way you live your life before him in faithfulness and obedience on a daily basis. Our bottom line, our bottom line goal in life ought to be to glorify God. And if we will strive to fulfill that on a daily basis, then we're going to be obedient to his teachings. We're going to follow him his way. We're going to be holy people before him. We're going to teach others, or at least in some way reach out to them with God's teachings to help them see how they can be forgiven, redeemed, and saved through Jesus Christ. Think about that. Do some self-reflection. Where are you in this regard in your life today? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for blessing us so much. We thank you for giving us your word and the detailed instructions that you have laid out for us in your word to guide us in your will the best way that any human being can live their life with the greatest hope and the greatest prospect. 
an eternal home with you in heaven. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you, Father. Help us to live that life of faithfulness consistently, daily. Help us to be the holy people that you want us to be. Help us to learn and help us to make the right applications to our lives, Father. Please forgive us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.